You know, sometimes as we serve the Lord, it can seem like maybe we've uh, just kind of stalled out, like we're not getting anywhere. Maybe we're just kind of spinning our wheels and maybe we're not seeing much progress, just doing what we know to do, but sometimes we feel like we're not really making a difference. And I want you to know that we have an adversary and he wants you to be discouraged. You know, he wants to tempt you at the very least to back off from what you're doing, to just feel like, you know, what does it really matter? And I want to encourage you tonight that God is moving and working. And a lot of the time, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. A lot of the time we don't see all that's going on. You know, sometimes we need the Lord, we need to pray, Lord, open my eyes so that I'll see, so I'll understand that you really are moving and working. But in our personal efforts and our service for the Lord and whatever we do, we just need to be aware that none of it is insignificant to God, that it matters to the Lord. And we can't quit, we can't back off, we can't allow ourselves to just slack. Amen? I mean, you know, last week I talked about uh, finding joy in your work, and we talked about Colossians chapter 3, that whatever you do, word or deed, you do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. How much more is that so when it comes to the things of God that we always give our very best? But I want to tell you, in the scripture, the Jews at one point are taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And, you know, it's, it's a horrible time. But when they finally return to Jerusalem and they're going to rebuild the temple, they got discouraged because, first of all, their numbers were small and they didn't have a lot of resources. But it just looked like that it was never going to happen. It looked like that what they were doing just was going to be insignificant. It was such a disappointment to them, and they got discouraged. In fact, they just got to the place where they quit working. And I want you to understand, I've seen this happen over and over again in ministry, both with lay people, they get discouraged. They just want to quit. Sometimes they do. And even with vocational ministers, full-time ministers who, because it just seemed like their efforts were futile, they got discouraged and quit. And that is what the enemy wants. And I want you to understand tonight that the Lord wants us to never despise the small things. This is a word for those who become discouraged. This is what the Lord spoke through the prophet Zechariah to those people as they were building the temple. It's Zechariah 4.10. It says, He who has despised, or excuse me, for who has despised the day of small things? And this is a rhetorical question. God is saying to them, He's challenging them, don't despise the day of small things. May look insignificant right now, don't despise the day of small things. In fact, the Living Bible translates it this way. Do not despise this small beginning. That was a word for those people. And I say this kind of thing often, it needs to be said. Yes, it was a word for those people. 
It wasn't written down in Scripture for them. It was written down in Scripture for us. And it is a word for the people of God today that in whatever way we serve the Lord, we're working for the Lord, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise those things that seem like not really making a difference. No, sometimes, you know, it seems like we're not ever going to win. Seems like, you know, our task is impossible. Or maybe it just seems like it's just really not that important. Don't despise the small things. To despise means to regard as nothing or treat with contempt. Regard as nothing or treat with contempt. You know, in this world that we live in, it's such an evil time. And I think now where we are able to know about all the evil that goes on around the world, it can just be overwhelming and it can make it seem like, make it feel like, what can I do that would even matter? I want you to know that our little becomes much in the Lord's hands. That we serve a mighty God and we should never think that just this little task isn't going to matter. You just don't know what God may do. We need to be faithful and not allow the small things to be despised. But we realize how important those things are. You know, sometimes we look at our efforts and it just doesn't seem like we're accomplishing much for God, but you just can't allow it to become unimportant. You know, you can't get to the place where you, you allow those feelings to overtake you. See, sometimes you just feel small. What can I do? We need to be faithful to do what God wants us to do. I mean, sometimes all you can do is pray. I've got to say this this way. Just, that ain't small. See, your enemy wants you to feel insignificant and like you can't do anything. But when you pray, you're doing something. That's the most powerful thing that we ever do. Because that's what brings the power of the Almighty into our world. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we don't always see the impact of our prayers, but that doesn't mean that the Lord is not moving and working. He's always working. Amen. And I want to tell you, He answers prayer. Prayers prayed in faith, he answers those kind of prayers. Listen, whatever you ask according to his will, we know that he hears us and we have the petitions that we've asked of him. God says, don't despise the day of small things. The day of small things. You know what that tells me? The day of small things, that means that it's not always going to be this way. You see, things are going to change. There's a day of small things. A lot of times, you see, it is just a matter of time. It's just a process that God is going to bring about big things, but we can't get discouraged and quit.
People get discouraged and quit. But here's, here's the even bigger problem. In the body of Christ today, so many people don't really even start, don't really get involved because they don't think that it will matter. They think the only ones that matter are those people up on the platform or that person that's in charge of this other thing. They're despising the small things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I hope, several times through this message, but in the body of Christ, every person matters. There's not one part of the body that we don't need. That's what the scripture teaches. And you see, every single one of us matter in the kingdom, in the body of Christ. We all have a place. And we just need to realize that no matter how small you might feel or how insignificant your part or your contribution might seem, God uses all of it. Don't despise the small things. He has a purpose for our life. Things that we're supposed to do. Ephesians 2.10 says we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I just want you to see here that we are God's workmanship. He has a purpose for every single one of us. There are things that God has pre-planned for us to do. Every one of us. And if we don't do those things because we thought it was just small, insignificant, we're letting the enemy have a victory. And we can't do that. Don't despise the small things. You know, if you're going to fulfill the purpose of God in your life, let me tell you where you start, right where you are. That's the only place you can start. See, a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, I want to do something big for God. That's great. Let me tell you where you start. You start right where you are with what he's given you, what he's put before you to do right now. Amen. You're going to become a great prayer warrior? Well, you just got to start praying. You're going to give huge amounts of money to further the gospel? Well, you just got to start with what you have. Just say, listen, if you're going to preach to thousands, well, you got to start using the opportunities that are before you. I, I, this may not mean much to some of you, but when I first started youth pastoring and I wanted, I wanted to, to be a preacher, I mean, I, I, wanted, I wanted God to use me that way. And so I, I heard about an opportunity at a nursing home and then another nursing home. And so there was a time, my first year of ministry, I went to two nursing homes on a regular basis to preach. And I want you to know that isn't always an easy audience. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, one of these nursing homes, the people at this particular home were in really bad shape and they couldn't respond. But I went and I preached to them. And I'm just saying that, you know what, we got to be willing to Use the opportunities that God gives us. And it may seem like a small thing. It may not seem important. But we need to realize that in God's kingdom, it is important. Don't despise the little things. You know, the problem with is that most of us just look at where we're starting from and we, we feel insignificant, unimportant. You know, there's a lot of people have started a Bible study or a small group with two people. 
And here's the problem with that. Most of the time they get discouraged. I can tell you we've had small group leaders over the years that quit because they only had two or three coming and they felt like they didn't matter. Don't let the enemy talk you out of what God has given you to do. You know, when you start small, you just can't leave God out of the equation. Whatever you put in his hands, little becomes much. Sometimes we, we say or we have the attitude, Lord, don't you see this isn't working? He does see. And he sees when we are faithful in little and then he trusts us with much. We plant, we water, God gives the increase. I want you to understand, we have a part in this. We are supposed to be obedient, do what God wants us to do. And this is freeing. He gives the increase. I want you to understand something. We are not actually responsible for the increase. Well, that's a really big deal to a preacher, I'm telling you. Because, you know, the, in the eyes of the world and the way this whole world works, you know, the responsibility is all on us. We, we, let me tell you something. The responsibility on us is, is that we obey God and do what God wants us to do. He gives the increase. He's the one that does the miracle part and changes lives. And he's the one that way, you see, he gets all the glory. Now, some of you, you might be thinking, well, this message don't really apply to me because, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Boy, it really applies to you. Stop despising the small things, things that you can do, and realize that God wants to use you. But, you know, even if we never see results coming directly from our work or our effort, Many times God is multiplying it and using it in some way that we don't see, at least not right now. I like to ask this question. Who do you think had the biggest impact? Billy Graham or Mordecai Ham? Anybody wondering who Mordecai Ham is? Billy Graham preached to millions and millions, he preached the gospel, had a tremendous impact on this world. Mordecai Ahim, who's that guy? He's the one that won Billy Graham to the Lord. I don't know, technically, it's not my place to decide who was more important or who had the greater impact, but here's what I know, is that if you just win one, it matters in the kingdom, and you don't know the impact that it may have. You see, you can't despise those little things. He takes our little and makes it much. See, you might say one little thing to a lost person and it seemed like it didn't matter, but that seed got down inside of them and they go home and they find a Bible and start reading. Then about a month later, their whole family's sitting in church. You just don't know what little things will accomplish. 
generation we live in is big on big. It's all about big. It's even that way a lot in the church world in this generation. I think part of it's just with the modern media, you know, we know about all the big things that happen and everything gets hyped up. I mean, you know, even about individuals, you know, our individual lives, the stuff people post on Facebook, you'd think we're all a bunch of rock stars. We post, the, we post the, the pretty pictures. Take 14 pictures so you can find a good one. By the way, I ain't talking about myself. I'm talking about some of you just, just saying. 14 pictures. 400 pictures. <clears throat> anyway, I admit I take a couple of pictures. I don't post either of them. They, don't, they just don't look that good, but... But what I'm trying to say to you, though, is that in this world, a lot of the time, all we see, oh, it's the big things. It's the big people. They're the ones that matter. I want you to understand that God is not into the big things of this world. No, he's chosen the lowly things. He's chosen the things that are not. I just want you to understand that God doesn't need our big. He doesn't need our strength. And you see... We shouldn't despise the small. Not everything that's big is, is of God. You know, the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, it was big. You know, but it was the pride of man and the strength of man, and God wasn't in it. And he did away with it. He put a stop to it. There's plenty of big things in our world. And I'm just telling you, God doesn't need them to accomplish his purpose. You know, when the Lord gave this word to the people through Zechariah, I, I, I didn't mention this, but just a few verses earlier in Zechariah 10, or excuse me, 4 and 6, the Lord said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. See, it's not about our strength. It's about God's spirit. It's about his power working in our lives, but our small just doesn't limit the Lord. Jesus gives us this principle of the kingdom very clearly. Matthew 13, 31 through 33, another parable he put to them, put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. You see, God takes just that little speck, just that little bitty thing, can't hardly even see it, and he turns it into a huge tree. Just that little bit of leaven, and it begins to work through a whole family or a whole group of people. You see, that's how the kingdom works. God takes those little things, and he uses them in a mighty way. So don't limit what God can do with little. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, now don't get offended at me, I'm going to say it this way, but... His little religious movement was nothing compared to the other religions of the world. 
I mean, we look back now and we say, but he was the son of God. He rose from the dead. And Christianity is now the biggest religion in the world. But when he walked this earth, the Romans considered Jesus and his followers to be insignificant. The only reason they put Jesus to death was to appease the Jews. They weren't the least bit concerned about this religious guy. Not then. Now, it wasn't too long down the road until this little movement had become something that they were concerned about. And they began to persecute them and put them to death. And it only caused it to spread even more. And here we are 2,000 years later and it's bigger than ever and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And where are the Roman soldiers today? Where's, where's the empire of Rome? It's all long gone. Where are the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees? They're not a factor anymore. You see, all of the things of this world, they pale away in comparison with what God does and how God moves. But realize that so often it starts small. And we think sometimes that our lives are insignificant and we just don't know what God might be wanting to do. And here's the, the thing, the sad thing is that we miss that if we despise the small things. You know, it's, sometimes it's that insignificant task that has a huge impact. We all know that there's a shepherd boy that would become the greatest king of Israel. This shepherd boy, he gets a task assigned to him from his dad Take your brothers some sandwiches. They're down there at the front line, trembling before this giant. Take your brothers some sandwiches. <laughs> That's nothing. Who wants to read about that? Who cares? Who wants to do that? If David hadn't have taken some sandwiches to his brothers, he would have never killed that giant. You see, what you think might, it might be like an insignificant task, but in the plan and the purpose of God, you see, when we just obey God in the simple things, so often it is the setup for a miracle that's to come. Now think about David. Let's talk about big and small for a minute because everybody's into big. Everybody thinks big is so important. Our God is big. Yeah. <laughs> Don't despise the small things. In your life, listen, uh, Goliath, that giant, he was big, nine feet tall. Dude is huge. He's got this giant spear. He's got this giant sword. I mean, everything about this guy is really, really big. And here comes David. Saul called him just a youth. We don't know for sure exactly how old he was, but he, he was probably 15 or 16 years old, just a youth. 
Can you imagine a 15 or 16-year-old boy going up against any grown man who knows how to fight? But how about one that's nine feet tall? And what does he use to take this giant down? A sling and a stone. We're talking small. Not a big sword, not a big shield. We're talking small. Why? Because God gets all the glory. You know, there's this guy. Uh, I just want to say this one more time. How did this get set in motion to begin with? Take your brother some sandwiches. And then how about this guy, Gideon? The Lord calls Gideon to lead his people into battle so they could be free. And Gideon says, Me? Who, me? My family is the least of the least, and I'm the least in my family. I'm really, really small. I'm nobody. The Lord calls him a mighty man of valor. So Gideon gets the the people together. He gets the soldiers together. He's got 22,000. You know what the Lord says? Too many. Tell everybody that's afraid to go back. 12,000 go back. Now he's got 10,000 going up against a much, much bigger army. You know what the Lord says? Still too many. That's right. Still too many. He ends up with 300. Now it's small enough. Don't despise small. Our God is a miracle-working God. What he needs, or what he wants, not needs, but what he wants is our simple obedience and faith that we just trust him and obey him. He takes care of the rest. You know, some, you just can't always see the big picture. You can't always see the end result. You just got to trust God. And I know so much wrong. What can we do? Reminds me of the story of the little boy standing on the beach and tens of thousands of starfish have washed up on the shore and he's picking them up and throwing them back out into the water so that they can live. A man sees this and he questions the little boy. He says, what are you doing? It doesn't matter if you throw a few back. You know, there's, there's so many. What does it matter if you throw, up, throw one back? He said, it matters to this one. And he throws it back and he keeps going. And I just want you to understand that, yeah, you might not be able to fix anything. You might not be able to help everybody. How about this one thing? You see, and it all matters in the kingdom. You just don't know what God is going to do. And, but we got to be willing to do the small things. Small things can change things. Read about a, a, a story from World War II, how there was a B-17 pilot who was shot down and 
he, he made it home safely, but uh, there were uh, charges in his fuel tank that where they had shot and they didn't explode. And they took them out and there were, they, they realized there were no explosives in them. Instead, there was a note that said, this is all we can do for now to help you. You see, somebody where these bombs were being made, instead of putting the explosives in, they just put a little note in there. They couldn't stop the war. They couldn't win the war, but they were doing what they could do to make a difference. That's all we got to do. What can you do? What act of kindness? Who knows what it might accomplish? What might your prayer bring to pass? Who knows what your service will mean in eternity? I remind you of the story that Jesus told where it's Luke chapter 21, everybody's putting money into the treasury and he sees a poor widow putting in her two mites. And he says, this poor widow has put, put in more than all. For, out of, for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. See, you might not have much to offer, but did you know in the eyes of Jesus... You can do more than the one who has much. It all depends on our heart and our trust and obedience. A lot of people like to give their two cents, but not their last two cents, just saying. How many can you feed with five loaves and two fish? 5,000. That's right. Listen, try to put it now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we all know the story. But realize that God can do mighty things through our small things. You know, God delivered a nation that had been in bondage and slavery for 400 years. How did he do it? Through a shepherd's staff. His power flowed. See? God uses humble men to perform great works for His glory. He also uses His servants to teach little children. Pastor a small church, witness to an Ethiopian, pray for somebody, give somebody a hand along the way. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29, you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, the things which are despised. See, other people despise God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. He doesn't need much. He uses our little. He doesn't need our strength. 
So often he works through our weakness. Most are willing to be humble men doing great works, but there are not many great men willing to do humble work. So many people plan on doing something for God and they want to do something significant, but they're not willing to do the little things, the humble things, the things that maybe others don't see. But all the way through the scripture, you see God accomplishing mighty things through people who didn't have the power, the ability to do it on their own, but they obeyed God and they trusted God. We got to be faithful in the little even when it looks futile. God uses the tiny seed and he uses the tiny deed. See, he gives meaning and purpose to our lives when we put it in his hand. The one thing that weakens the church more than anything else, it's not Hollywood. It's not all of the terrible, wicked things going on in our world. That stuff doesn't weaken the church. Not the true church, I'm telling you. Listen, persecution doesn't weaken the church. You look through church history, persecution only made the church stronger. No, what weakens the church is this lie that what you do is insignificant and doesn't matter. What weakens the church is that so much of the body of Christ is not really involved in the work of the ministry because they think that whatever they could do or would do isn't a big deal. I always say that the reason, the real reason that people don't pray, it's not because they're busy. It's because they don't really believe that it will matter because it'd just be plain stupid to not pray if you believe that God is going to move and that things are going to happen if you do. The reason we don't pray, well, or pray more is because we don't think it'll matter. And the reason that so many people are not really involved in doing what they can do is they think that it's insignificant and it won't really matter. A lot of the time, the reason somebody comes back to the church it's because their kid came out of the children's class excited and happy because some children's worker made them feel special. Or it's because after the service, not the pastor, but there was this other person that befriended them and talked to them and cared about them. I'm just telling you, these things matter. See, there are people who watch online. Yes, this little church, Grace Church, there are people who watch online all over the country and even on the other side of the world, there's people that have watched online. Not often, but every once in a while, I get a letter from one of these people. It's amazing to me. Did you know that wouldn't happen if somebody isn't faithful to come and to run that camera? 
And see, when you're doing something like that, you may feel like it's not spiritual, it's not a big deal, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. If one person gets saved, if one life is changed, who knows the impact that that little leaven is going to have? You see, don't despise the small things. You can talk to a neighbor about the Lord. You can help somebody that's down and out. You can pray for somebody. Sometimes just telling somebody, hey, I'm praying for you, giving somebody a word of encouragement. There are little things, little things that all of us can do. And if we just do those things, I'm telling you, God will move and work in our midst more than ever before. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us to do what we need to do. Make that phone call. Send a text. Put your arm around them. I'm just telling you, we just need to be sensitive to the Lord and just be willing to do whatever He says for us to do. Don't despise the small things. That's a trick of the devil. Just keep going on with God. Let's stand and we're going to pray.